Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Art of Decluttering podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Kirsty Farija from Feels Like Home Professional Organisers. And I'm Amy Ravel from Simply Organise. We can't wait to share with you all our tips and tricks to help you declutter and keep your home and family organised. If you'd like to engage with the podcast further, you can find us at The Art of Decluttering on Facebook. Let's get started. You've joined us for episode 20 of The Art of Decluttering podcast. This week, we'll be talking about books and magazines. How exciting, Amy, that it's episode 20 already. I know. We've been traveling this journey with so many people for 20 episodes and they haven't gotten sick of us yet, Kirst. (laughs) That's a good sign. Well, maybe they have. (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to keep going because we love it. Yes, we are. (laughs) We do love it. So tell me how much you love reading, Amy. Oh, I love reading. I was a kid that loved reading, a young adult that loved reading, and I'm still a lover of books, magazines. I, I Even an author. I became an author last oh. year. So that is the um, peak of my love of all things books. What about you, Kirst? Do you love reading or do you read under duress? Oh, no, I love reading. My sister used to hate school holidays because I'd be the one sitting on the couch not playing with her and instead reading, reading, reading. She'd crack it at me and I remember how much she hated it. And then I married somebody who who is not a reader either and he appreciates my reading but not so much at 11 o'clock at night when I still have the bedroom light on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's naughty. (laughs) So Simon doesn't love reading but you do. Does that mean that you choose to read when he's not around? Like sometimes Cal and I can sit on the couch and read together if we're just wanting to kind of be around each other but not wanting to like have to actually converse is we can grab a book because Cal's a massive reader as well. Yeah, so Simon does like reading. He's just not a bookworm, is that? Yeah, he's not a bookworm. He does enjoy reading but he doesn't make, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, he's not anti-books. <laughs> he doesn't burn them while you're out at a client's house. No. Oh, no. that's good today. <laughs> um, so I do most of my reading in bed at night. I have gone through periods where I don't read. And that was, you know, when I had small children, I'd pick up my phone instead. I absolutely love it. And so it is now part of me time and part of investing back into me is that I love reading. Now, Amy, do you prefer fiction or non-fiction? Non-fiction. Oh. <laughs> Are you? Are you fiction? No. What am I? <laughs> I am definitely fiction. I just think, yeah, right, okay. You know As when you're like, is non-fiction which way? <laughs> like still at 40. Which one's the real one? <laughs> Non-fiction's the real one, Kirst. Yeah. So I really love learning and so I really 
love the idea of nonfiction, but I cannot tell you how many nonfiction books I've picked up in, in enthusiasm and excitement and read the first three chapters and then put it down and then never picked it back up again. <laughs> so it wasn't engaging enough for you to set aside the time to just keep going with it. I know most of them are engaging. I just love the escapism of fiction. Yeah, right. And you enter a whole new world, don't yeah, you? Yeah, like I am so the kid from the never ending story. I so get lost in other worlds. So, you know, I put down books and I'm still thinking about, I wonder what she's up to. I wonder what that person's up to. Like right now, I've just finished a book I picked up at the library called City of Hope. And it's set in the 1930s in New York. And she's an Irish woman. And now I'm wondering what she did after the book finished. Like, what did she go on and do? Oh, that's the best. I want the author to write another one so I can find out what happens next. (laughs) So you're fully engaged in the books? Oh, fully. Like they, they become real to me, the That's people. Great. I am so bastion from the never-ending story. <laughs> That's, I've got a couple of non-fiction, oh, sorry, of fiction books that I've really engaged in, but it's more for me about finding an author that just writes the way that engages me. I'm trying to think of the lady's name whose books I read all through Something Moretti? What's her name? Kate. No, it's Leanne. 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 Yeah, whatever her name is, her. I really loved her writing and so I read through all of her books because they had the kind of Australian flavour. So I binged through those and got them all at the library. Talking of, you said before that you're reading a book from the library, Kirst. How good is it as a minimalist when you understand that you don't have to buy a book to read it and you can actually go to the library and borrow it from a collective collection and not have to then clutter up your home at the end of it. Yeah, and one of my best friends, Amanda, shout out to Amanda. She is awesome at insisting on her library, getting her the latest books of what she wants to read. <laughs> like My sister does that. Yeah, she's that's so awesome. So go, peeps, go demand your library, go order in that new book. It helps authors like Amy. If libraries are asking for her book as well, so go do it. Yeah. There's usually on, so when you get a library card, there's usually a way that you can log on to the library's catalogue system and you can put in a request. And that's how my book, honestly, Kirst, has ended up in different libraries is because people have then requested it. And it's so good to be able to request a book from the library because you know that not just you're going to be able to read it, but so many other people. So I requested a book um, recently. It was a Joshua Becker book. I think it was called The More of Less mm. and I wanted to read it but I didn't really want to have it in my home because I knew that once I'd read it and got all the goodness out of it I probably wasn't going to go back to it all that often so I just jumped online asked my library to order it and now it's there I read it and someone else can read it yeah I do like buying physical books sometimes to support the author like you yes Yay. <laughs> I bought your book I didn't Thanks, ask Kirst. my library to order it because I wanted to pay you money. And the same, I've just bought um, Slow by Brooke McGallery from Slow Your Home and I just bought her book because I thought, well, the money's going to get to her as well. Yeah. Oh, the good thing is when a library orders your book, the money does come through oh, you. Yes. They usually of pay um, retail price. Yes. But uh, still, but... thousands of people are getting to read that book <laughs> for the price of one purchase, which is great yeah, because true. we do love libraries. 
But for me, in some instances, I actually want to support the author. So I will go out and buy a book. And then if I don't intend on looking at it again, but yours, like for instance, will be one that I loan out to people because I actually want to keep your book. (laughs) No, thanks, Kirst. (laughs) And probably... And probably Brooke's book as well, like, I'm going to keep that one, but I will definitely loan it out. But you do something different, don't you? What do you do when you've read a book? Yeah, so once I've finished reading a book, um, while I'm so let me start, when I get a book and I'm starting to read it, I, I intentionally think about who of my friends or business connections would benefit from what I'm learning in the book. So because I'm more often than not reading nonfiction, they're business books or they're idea leaders or thought leaders, and so... I will make a mental note of who I think would benefit from it. And so as soon as I'm finished, I'll mail it to them. I'll pass it on to them and say, I thought of you when I was reading this book. I think that you'd get some great value out of it. When you're finished reading it, you can just pass it on to someone else too, where you can donate it to an op shop, but there's no expectation that they would return it. So I did that just last week. The last book I finished reading um, was from Malcolm Gladwell Mm. and I just adore him. I think he's such an incredible thinker. And if my brain... Have you listened to his podcast? Yes, and his TED Talks and his... I, I, he's incredible. The way his brain works, I just desire my brain to work 5% like his. So I just read his book last week called Blink. And I was up with a client in Brisbane who is a business leader as well and a psychologist. And I said, I think you'd really love the way this guy thinks. And so I left my book up there with her. Oh, I thought you said you were going to give me that one. Oh, sorry. You'll have to uh, get it on your Kindle. <laughs> Yes, speaking of which, e-readers are a fantastic way that I have found that works for me. I do love physical books. I do love turning the page. My bank balance really loves the Kindle, any e-reader. Like I love that format of minimalizing how much books are actually kept in this house. So I love the idea that you have a passing books on and I highly recommend that to all of our listeners as well. Um, However, I also recommend to people that they think about whether or not an e-reader would work for them because I love it. Mm. I love how cheap books are to buy on them too. How cheap are books to buy on e-readers? I've got an um, an e-book that's on Amazon um, so I know I get my royalties every now and again when people do buy my book in ebook format. But how much do you generally pay retail to to buy an ebook? Yes? It depends on if it's a new release or if it's an older book. Um, mm-hmm. New releases sometimes they um, don't necessarily discount them too much compared to the physical book. Although often in you know release. Uh, launch book launches they'll offer a special deal that if you buy it on ebook then it will be a discount you know however much however much discount but I love also that there are so many free books on the Kindle so you know those books that you always wanted to read but you never did for instance like Jane Eyre or some classic books they're all available for free a lot of the classics I think you know classics are available for free because they're um they'd be out of copyright probably yes that the copyright has finished on them have you ever read any of those though uh, yes oh have you yeah because you like your fiction of course yes I like fiction I was gonna say I've never had the desire 
inclination or <laughs> follow through to read any of those kind of books. Okay, so harping back to our episode last week on digital declutter, the e-reader is a place that attracts clutter for me. <laughs> because I go oh that would be a great book to read and I download it and I don't actually read it or and the same for if a book only costs me $2.90 it's not as high priority as a book that's cost me $30. That's really true so what you could do Curse, is once you finish reading a book on your um, Kindle is actually delete it can you get it back when if you've you know like an app on the app store if you delete it if you've paid for oh it, yeah yeah definitely and is and yeah um that's fine it is the problem that I have is like downloading all these books that I think I'm going to read just like when I buy buy books or or people give me books for instance yeah like Amy if you gave me a book I'm like yeah I really want to read that I really 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 want to read that. But I never make the time to. And actually, then I have to question. And this is what we have done Mm. in our home to declutter the books is actually question whether or not we are actually going to read them. Because it is figuring out what type of person you are. Again, like I know Mm. I'm a fiction person. So I'm if I have a whole stack of nonfiction books stacked up beside my bedside asking me to read them, then that can become overwhelming for me. So I try to only have a couple of books on my bedside table. Ideally, it would only be one. But sometimes I get into bed and I'm like, actually, I feel like reading the other book tonight. So you can do multiple books at once, do you? I'm a bit talented like that. Oh, I can't. I do not have the brain capacity for that. I have to go cover to cover on one book. Okay. And then I can pick up another book. I'm not sure that ever I've multi-read. Oh, no. Like, and as I said, because I've got an e-reader, I've actually probably got about 20 books open. Yeah. And so that can be the challenge, can't it? So maybe a challenge or a motivation for people is to say, don't have more than two or three books on the go at once because you're more likely to finish two or three if you've got them open or you're reading them on your Kindle than you are if you have 20 and you think, oh, my gosh, it's just I'm not going to get back to them. And if you're not going to get back to them, there is no shame in not finishing a book. No shame at all. I've plenty of times started a book, not gotten into it and went, that's cool. I'm not going to spend any more hours on this book and just gotten rid of it. Yes. And I think that that is where some guilt comes up for us all in when we look at a book. You know, for instance, I've got a parenting book on my shelf that I bought when the kids were really little. And so it was a bit too old, like it was, um, you know, probably aimed at parenting primary school age kids. And so I put it down in the hope that I'll pick it back up. And actually talking about it actually inspires me to go and pick it back up because the kids are probably at the right stage to be implementing some (laughs) of these parenting ideals that they had written about. But if I wasn't going to pick it back up, then I should just let it go and go, you know what? It is an awesome book. It could teach me lots, but I'm not in the right headspace right now. And by the time I am in the right headspace, I'll probably be 44. (laughs) And the kids will be in high school. 44? I thought you said you'd be 44. No, no, no. They'd be 44. Right. Yeah, when the kids are 44, you're not going to be reading parenting books. So I think that it is giving yourself that permission to let go of books and let go of the person that you thought you want to be and the the person that you desire to be and go, well, am I ever going to be the type of person to finish a nonfiction book? 
Maybe. And maybe I need to work on that discipline. So, Kirsty, go work on that discipline of finishing a nonfiction book. Only if you want to. Yeah, only if I only if I want to become that person. If I'm happy never being a person to finish a nonfiction book, then I should be happy with that and just go, right, note to self, don't ever buy a nonfiction book again. Wait for Amy to pass it on to you. <laughs> or don't even or when Amy says, Here's a book, I thought you would enjoy go. Thank you, Amy, but I'm not a nonfiction reader, so please find somebody else to pass that book on to. About saying no to things before they even enter your home, if you know that that's not the type of person that you are. Exactly. More from us in just a few minutes. Don't forget to visit our website, theartofdecluttering.com.au and sign up for our bonus episode that's not so secret anymore. We've done episodes on linen cupboards, toys, wardrobes, pantries, jewellery and so many more. So if you're new to the art of decluttering, you'll find loads of great tips like this one from the episode we did on entryways. We keep hooks right next to our door for our keys. Mm. So that coming and going, we put our keys straight away. So if you haven't got somewhere to store your car keys, you can go as simple as what Kirsty was saying, and that's just putting a basket somewhere near the door or on top of something that you know where it is and just make sure they always go in there. And for us, that's just hanging them up near the door. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Now back to the podcast for so many more tips and tricks. If you do have a lot of books in your home, I would guesstimate that our book collection at its peak was about 1,200 books in our home. Uh, We don't have a library. My parents have a beautiful library, like a whole room that is just set aside as a library, wall-to-wall bookshelves and floor-to-ceiling, and it's beautiful. But I don't have that. So when we peaked at about 1,200 books, we knew something had to shift. So I want to just talk to you guys about what to do when you look at your bookshelves and think, yeah, Amy and Kirsty were right. I actually don't need all of these books, but where do you start? So my suggestion would be just to stand back and take in the quantity of your books, just to fully see actually how many you have. If you've really honestly only got 50 books, then you probably don't need to declutter 45 of them. Maybe you need to just reduce it to fit on one shelf. So if you're looking at it, you feel completely overwhelmed. I always suggest to the people who's I'm who I'm working with in their homes is just to pick out 10 books that they can donate really easily without having to make much of a decision. So books that you don't enjoy, that you never read or that don't suit your style, like Hurst was saying, remove them straight away and put them in a box and just decide I'm going to send those to the op shop. And so it's about doing a really 
brief declutter. So, you know, going through and picking 10 books. And then once you've made that decision, you might find that you get a bit of momentum. And so then maybe go, actually, I'm going to pick out 10 more, or I'm going to pick out 20 more. And that process of actually going through and slowly decluttering with books is a lot easier than saying, right, I'm having to get rid of 700 books today. Yes, totally. This is what we say all the time is just start, just start, (laughs) just do it and just start. Moving house is a really good time to declutter books because who can be bothered moving 1200 books, which is why we ended up decluttering and we got rid of 700 books just before our last house move and we emailed a few people that we know love the genre of books that we were decluttering and said we have all these books come and have a look they're free to a good home to be honest they're free to any home and then what (laughs) didn't go we just took straight to the op shop but that was 700 books over the course of a couple of weeks that we decluttered and now we have just two bookshelves that have books in it that we refer to that my husband needs for work and that I actually enjoy reading. Excellent. Have you heard of um, tiny libraries? I love tiny libraries. <laughs> I really, 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 really want to put one out the front of my house when we renovate. Oh, that would Des- totally work on the corner of your house. I know, because we're on a main road. Yeah. And we're on a corner of a main road with a, um, what's it called when you set back and there's like a... Access road, isn't it? Yeah, like that kind of thing. So I just think it totally would work. Oh, it totally would. Yeah. Uh, me and my girlfriend Karen have been speaking about it too for our estate. So we've just got to pull oh. our fingers out and do it because... There's a couple in our area and they totally get used. My publisher, when I um, wrote my book, is not far from me and they have this beautiful old done-up dresser out the front of the publishing place mm. that you can access 24-7 so it doesn't have... It's not inside their building. It's outside on the veranda and it's full of books so you can just take one, put one in. And I've it. been to a few shopping centres that have had them. Oh, really? The, I yeah. have not seen many... I do live out in the very, very far burbs of Sydney. So I know that there are some in the inner city and like inner suburbs, but mm. I have not seen one out here. I should not I should hop on the tiny library website and see if there yeah. is. But if you haven't heard about what a tiny library is, it's basically a little box or like Amy said, a book, uh, like a dresser or some form of container that's weatherproof if it's out on the corner of a street that you can just walk up to and borrow the books from there and put books that you don't no longer love and you can put them in there if there's space so um, we would love to hear if any of our listeners use tiny libraries or have seen them around the place Um, yeah let us know because I'm obsessed with them (laughs) they're so cool there's even one at a bus stop near us I know right in the bus stop it's like set up in the shelter (sighs) And there's like a bookshelf there. It's the cutest. And oh, someone even hung like a lamp, a lampshade from the top of the bus shelter. Oh, that's it doesn't so work, cool. but it's the cutest. That is so cool. Yeah. So, just not all of our um, listeners are book avid readers, bookworms like we are. What if they're into magazines? Do you have any suggestions on how to stem the flow of magazines or declutter your magazines or organize your magazines to keep that under control? I was listening to a podcast the other day that um, Peter Walsh was talking about and he was actually challenging um, the listeners for their ideal self and their real self. (laughs) And he was talking about, he was talking, it was on an American podcast, so they were talking about the O magazine, Oprah's magazine, and how um, people are collectors of magazines. And what he was saying is you really 
was really challenging that idea of you may ha- you may have read it all and you may be keeping it and that's like and that's great that you've read the magazine but why are you keeping it is mm. that because you're actually dreaming of becoming Oprah herself and like you know you're <laughs> fantasizing about the i the life having the magazines make you feel like you are actually more intelligent and more knowledgeable about the world and more like Oprah just by holding those magazines and keeping those magazines and I thought that that was really fascinating Mm. um, insight into why people hold collections of magazines Um, what do you think about collecting magazines I in my teenage years, was a collector of magazines. Do you remember the magazine Girlfriend? I knew you were going to say Girlfriend or Dolly. or Yeah, I wasn't Cosmo. allowed to have Dolly or Cosmo, <laughs> but I was allowed Girlfriend. Apparently that was the more appropriate of the choices. Um, <laughs> so not only did I use my part-time job money to buy the magazines, but I actually kept them all. And I had in my wardrobe like these stacks and it became part of who I was. Like it it was my identifier. Mm. And it wasn't honestly until I was about 18 and well and truly outgrowing them that I went, oh, my gosh, what am I keeping all these magazines for? I'm never going to read back over them. And so that's when I threw them in the bin and recycled them. So the same when I was a bit older, I got a subscription to the Donna Hay magazine for Christmas from my mum, actually, and I absolutely loved Donna Hay's magazine. I was inspired, and I, it was great for us. We made a commitment that we would cook at least two or three items out of the magazine each month, and so it just spiced thing up, things up. But then what I discovered is I was just keeping them all, and they were building up. I was never going back to old recipes and never re-looking back over the publications. So what I decided to do, and this may work for some of our listeners, is I cancelled the subscription and then restarted at the start of the subscription that I already had sitting in my pantry, um, which was totally awesome because there were recipes in there that were beautiful that I just hadn't had a chance to try. So if you've got something like that, that's a good way to do it is cancel the subscription and, and you've already got stuff there. So when you're feeling like you need some inspiration, You just go back to the ones you already have. Um, The other one for me is also from my mum because what I sometimes do is for Christmas say, oh, can I have a subscription for six months to a particular magazine? And I got subscriptions to Homes Plus, which I totally love because it's Australian. (laughs) Yeah, it advertises Bunnings, Ikea, Kmart, Target, Spotlight, Freedom Furniture, like affordable oh, Australian. Such a you magazine. It is me magazine, yeah. And it, it has home transformations and all that kind of thing. Um, and so I would read it cover to cover each month. But there was something in me going, you shouldn't throw this out. Like you can just keep these all up. And when you need inspiration for a room in your home, you can flick back through all these magazines. And you can find the best rooms and the best products and the best stories. And so I would keep them. This, like, this is not years ago. This is like maybe 18 months ago. And I had a magazine rack and I had them all in. And then I eventually went, what the flip am I doing? I don't need ever go back over these magazines. Like I never, ever, ever go back over them. And so they had to go in the recycling bin. So that's kind of my um, journey with magazines is there is something about a collection of something that inherently maybe it's in our hunter-gatherer kind of <laughs> roots is that we're we're tempted to keep collections of things even if we have absolutely no need for them. And I think, Kirsty, probably people might find this with collections of books too. Like if you have a library series or you have all the Mr Men books for your kids or you have the full series of Harry Potter or you have the full series of 
Is Jane Eyre a series or is that a book? No, Charlotte Bronte's books. Okay, if you have all of Charlotte Bronte's books, it is much harder to get rid of a collection of books or magazines than it is if you just have a few. Um, I used to read Babysitter's Club when I was um, a tween. <laughs> Who was your favourite? Oh, I think Claudia. Or the um, Claudia was a really creative one, but Kirst- Christy. Was it Christy or Kirsty? Yeah, it was Christy. Christy. Christy was the bossy one. So I, I just love the names Stacy and Claudia. So yeah, they're very they artistic, beautiful names. Um, <laughs> but when it t- came time for me to get rid of those, because I knew that I would never read them again, I had two boys and they were never going to read Babysitter's Club. But I probably had 160 of them. I gave them as a set to a friend's daughter because I felt so much better about that than sending them to the op shop. I was like, they'll be separated. They need to be together. I'd worked so hard at getting my collection. So... And I think it comes down to everything is, do you have space for things in your home? You know, you want, have you got, do you feel cluttered by your books? Do you feel like rooms are cluttered with bookcases? You know, if books are your things, then totally keep books, but set limits on things and decide, am I really going to look at this book again? Am I really going to read the whole you know, babysitters club again, <laughs> you know, if I don't have any daughters, but Amy, you could have kept that because you could have thought, well, maybe my sons will have daughters and maybe I'll keep them for them. I could have done that, but I did not have room in my house. No, you didn't. And I think what you said, Kirst, is really key is if you're a book lover, by all means keep books, but you need to set limits to that. If your books are piling up on the ground and they're taking over rooms and they're in places where they're not meant to be, then you need to somehow either declutter the books that you don't love in your collection or intentionally get some bookshelves and some places where you can display them, keep them in good condition and access them when you're ready to read them again. Yes, excellent. Well, we could talk about kids' books too, but I think we might leave that for another time. I think that's a great idea. Kids' books, oh, I love kids' books. Some of them are just so heart pulling so let's talk about that another episode shall we yes sorry listeners we've run out of time (laughs) so some of the things you can take away from the podcast today guys is that if you love reading then by all means read but be really conscious of whether you want to read a physical book whether you want to read it on an e-reader have a think about whether you want to purchase a book to keep or borrow it from a library or whether you want to buy a book read it and pass it on to someone and then maybe take the challenge of going through the books that you currently have and taking 10 or 20 if you can to rehome that you wouldn't otherwise go back and read even if you had the time on a holiday. And we, because we love reading so much, we just want to encourage you all to make space in your lives to read because reading is so beautiful. (laughs) And as we've said, you can learn so much from books or you can be taken to a whole nother world with books. So we want to encourage you this week to make space in your week to start reading again if you've lost that habit. And if you're an avid reader, we just want to cheer you on and and encourage you to keep reading. And we also want to encourage you that as you're going along your declutter journey, there are some awesome decluttering books out there. Obviously, I think mine's pretty awesome, but there are some (laughs) other authors out there like your Peter Welsh, like Joshua Becker, like The Minimalists, who are publishing books 
that have some really practical tips both for the physical decluttering and also for the thought processes and the mindsets around decluttering. So if you are looking for something to read, have a look out there and you can either get them on your Kindle or you can get your library to get them in like we talked about or you can buy a copy to read and pass on or keep on your bookshelf if you're going to go back to it. And as always, if you are finding this overwhelming the idea of decluttering your books really overwhelming then amy and i would love to come in and help you in your homes so if you're in melbourne get in contact with amy and if you're in sunny sydney then get in contact with me we would love to come in and help you work through your beloved book collections so that they can be passed on to people who will have new life by reading them thanks for joining us today guys kirstie and i have really enjoyed talking about our love of books and how you can declutter and organize the books in your home. And we can't wait to connect with you over on our Facebook page throughout the week. Until then, have a great week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. If you've learned something awesome today, do a friend a favor and share this episode with them so that they too can learn the art of decluttering. You can find me, Amy, over at simplyorganized.net or on Facebook at simplyorganizedpo. You can find me, Kirsty, over at feelslikehome.net.au or on Facebook as Feels Like Home PO. Don't forget, you can see the show notes in your podcast app. So if there's anything you want more information on, then check it out there. If you love what you hear, we would really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes and you can always subscribe to us. We hope you've enjoyed listening and that you've learned some great tips and tricks to help you declutter and keep your home organized. We hope you have a great rest of your day and enjoy the freedom. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.